Hello and welcome to this lovely Antique Day Us feature where we are comparing an original movie to the remake. And today's one we are doing is Gone in 60 Seconds. Boom! Hi, I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. Woo! Yay! Well, okay. So we'll start off Gone in 60 Seconds. Mm-hmm. I did not even know there was an original me uh, neither so that was a surprise yeah. all round and okay this one was done in 1974 on a very very low budget basically there's a guy called hb haliki toby haliki um he was a racing car sort of well, he used to drive cars had a scrap yard and used to do stunts and all sorts of things and yeah this wonderful idea of doing a movie and starring in the movie yeah um, and all his friends and all his friends in the movie and it's the, the premise is there with regards to he has to yeah steal. i think it's very familiar to the it's, it's, viewers of the, of the remake of the remake uh where they've got to steal uh Oh, with with the, the original honesty, so they have to steal forty eight cars to order, um, sort of over a very very short period of time, over uh, sort of an overnight basis, and it's the madcap adventures of getting those cars. However, it the storytelling wasn't very good. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really what stands out for me is that this film in in common, I think, with. Uh, a lot of low budget indie movies is that it struggles with the narrative. There were a few points where I was thinking, actually, you know what? Some kind of good old fashioned exposition would be quite handy here because I've really, I've kind of lost track of what's actually supposed to be. We don't really know happening. much about the character. It starts off with the character that steals cars. He That's Mindry and Peace. Uh, he, he, sta- uh, he is an insurance. He's an insurance investigator who runs a chop shop in Long Beach, California. He just so happens also to be the leader of a professional car theft ring, which sells, sorry, steals and resells stolen cars using the the engine, the parts, and all of the the bits and bobs sourced from legitimately purchased wrecks. The setup of that was really good because we we meet him driving very fast down a road, and we think, oh, has he stolen the car? Has he not stolen the car? And then he's pulling up to a, a railway sort of a train that's come off the rails and he's doing insurance so assessment and saying, oh okay and in the meantime it cuts over to another chap buying this scrap car um, which has obviously been in a massive fender bender and then it sort of sort of expedites it with uh, someone stealing an identical car and then taking bits the, 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 the VIN number and various bits and pieces that would identify the car um, to the the broken one um, over onto the stolen one, which was actually that was actually really well done. That was a really yeah. good setup, and that set it up. So, oh right, okay, this is how it's done. Yeah. So it's thing. legitimately purchased wrecks that are then their their sort of the VIN number and so on is then uh, transferred over to uh, to a stolen car. So so yeah, so it was all very very well set up, and then there's some sort of off camera conversations that happen on uh so over the telephone which again that that sends the plot along a little bit yeah so there's a south american drug lord offers four hundred thousand pounds for 48 specific cars to be delivered uh to the long beach docks within five five days 
and the list is quite a long one. There's limousines, trucks, vintage cars, and exotic kind of muscle car kind of things. Um, So he gets his he's got he's got his little gang together and they start on the quest of stealing the car. So they have a few sort of they've all got female code names as well. That's where the the car Eleanor they've all they've all given them car names. So when they speak on the radio, they can mention the car the, the car by female name rather than the actual make and model. So it's pretty pretty much standard stuff. However, then it all just goes a bit wallowy all over the place they have a there's obviously a bit of a stunt work happening at night but obviously the night shoot it all you see in his headlights yeah yeah screeching. there was there was there was a couple of technical issues i think that I, I i thought marred my enjoyment of the film one as you say was the the nighttime uh filming uh which really was very much nighttime filming. You couldn't see a damn thing. It was like watching Game of Thrones. It was to- almost totally impossible to work out what was happening. The other bit of technical issue I felt was that the sound um, was a little hard to uh, hard to understand at times because you know they were shooting in in echoey rooms and so on. hadn't done any any overdubbing or anything like that. So it was really quite hard to quite hard to follow the, the the dialogue at times no and i mean, it's it, it just felt like it was just a lot of meandering until it could go up to the big car chase which yeah. is obviously where the passion and that was what it was all about really it was, it was all, all about, about the car, car chase. chase i'm actually genuinely surprised they've actually, they've actually someone discovered this to do the remake because it it was standard i would imagine sort of like a drive-in movie um filler filler movie because it, it wasn't very well acted it wasn't very well um the composition of it wasn't very well put together yeah. it was basically it was it was all pretty much ad-libbed and Im- improvised you know they didn't have they didn't have a script they were just really they li- were literally making it up as they went along and what, and what i found very interesting because the girlfriend of the um sort of actor producer director uh of it was saying that all the people that were there as in the police officers they were genuine police officers uh the mayor was the genuine mayor part of the standard passers-by and standers-by they were all original so they weren't like extras or anything like that they were they they, they, were all real people they're all real people so they really did it sort of sort of like off on, on the cuff sort of thing yeah and i think the only thing that was really really heavily staged was the 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 the, 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 the driving sequence at the end the car chase at the end which was probably quite advanced for its time but it really wasn't very good yeah yeah and i think you know the the the, the editor of of the of the film is, is on record as saying that basically he would just have film arriving without any indication as to what it was, what it was where it would be in the in in, in the film um so he was, he was essentially just trying to to construct construct some some and that it, obviously that that explains some of the narrative problems his editor was trying to construct a a coherent narrative, narrative. Um, from essentially random bits of footage, which was yeah, yeah, 
I, I mean, I think as a child, I would have probably watched it and go, ooh, look, it sort of looks yeah. like cars and things like that. But as a, as a, slightly, as a slightly more sophisticated person, um, it, yeah. it was... We do have the longest car chase in movie history. It lasts for 40 minutes. It feels like it lasts for Lot one longer. hour, 40 minutes. Because it just goes on and on and on and on. And I don't mind a car chase. I quite enjoy a car chase. But I actually really have to be invested in yeah, it there was in, no in character. There, 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 there was no development of characters. There was no narrative. There was no backstory. There was... You really didn't care um, about any of them. No. I mean, they, they, they did try to say that he had morals. Because yes. there was... say so they stole the car, which is Eleanor... Um, which in the first one is a Mustang, and they, they stole it from for, uh, from one person, and it turned out that it was another insurance assessor that the protagonist didn't like. So, and the the insurance assessor got into a car chase, and uh, and then he got arrested by the police because the police weren't following the Corvette; they were following the Mustang. Him. Oh, the the Mustang. Sorry. Um, so he dropped the car back off to make him look silly. And then they stole another one, which was uh, it was it turned out that it wasn't it wasn't insured, and because he had morals, he took that one back. Yeah, so it's one of it's uh, one of um, Pace's um, idiosyncrasies. Really, is that all of the because I guess because he works in the insurance industry, all of the the stolen vehicles must be insured. So when he discovers. Or rather, when his girlfriend is it his girlfriend pumpkin, yeah. yeah, pumpkin, pumpkin discovers that with inconceivably high weave, yeah, pumpkin discovers that it's not um, insured. insured, that she she basically forces them to return it. Then they've got to find another one, find another one, which she then duly does. There seems to be so many of those bloody. Sort of well, it keeps mustangs. on coming across them. Obviously, that's not some beige, it, beige stroke mustard mustangs. Yes, they must be pretty. Must have been pretty commonplace. And, and then there was another bit of storyline which was introduced, which one of the cars had been stolen, and it had like a sort of two million dollars worth of, um, of of heroin in it. And then there was yes. a little bit of argy bargy with one of the team that wanted to sell the the drugs on, and he said no, and he burnt the car. So and then there was a little bit of skullduggery on that thing, but it was all very badly done. Yeah. So I mean that that whole sequence where the the Cadillac with the heroin, obviously that that made it into the into the remake as well. Except mm. in the remake, it's not part of the order, whereas in the the, the original, the the Cadillac was actually stolen as part of part of this the the steal to order thing yeah. that was going on so i mean overall it's i think for its time and for the budget as it was self-funded i mean i, mean, I don't think any sort of main production company would have made something so shoddy however you have to give it to him for, for him to actually have actually made it and not come from that professional background and there were a couple of professional actors in in the show but the mainly it was just mates that, that just rocked up and took on roles. Yeah, yeah. and the the mayor, the mayor, who, the, mayor. The, the mayor who appears in one scene opening opening a car dealership or something was the actual mayor. Actual mayor. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I 
the premise, the story, the actual sort of storyline, having to steal cars to order within a set period of time, is a really nice, succinct story. And I think the remake, which is the first one I've ever seen, the first one I saw, is brilliant. And I love it. So that's leading on to the Nicolas Cage. Uh, uh, we watched the extended cut. I don't think there was only a couple of scenes extra or a bit of dialogue extra that I could I, I noticed in it that made any difference. Yeah, I don't I don't think I know it well enough to be able to spot um, so on, extra scenes. With this one, you've got Nicolas Cage. He is the main protagonist. He is an ex-car thief that yes. was doing incredibly well. Which is one of the differences, I think, between the original and the, the, the remake. In the, in the original, they were all car thieves doing it for their self-enrichment. Uh, so they were making a profit out of it. Whereas... In the remake, they're sort of really turned into, I suppose, anti-heroes in that in that yeah, respect. Yeah, I mean, they I say that the story is he stole cars for the joy of joyriding the cars. However, made a little bit of a business out of it on the back of it, so as a as a number one booster uh, in the, through the area. And he had a little he had a good team going with him, and it was it was all going very well. And then. Um, say Nicholas Cage then retired completely just stopped and but his younger brother who's much younger has gone back has gone into the trade and it starts off with the younger brother who's a bit of a ragamuffin with his own little ghetto crew um, are stealing stealing these cars to order because he still he has the talent that his brother has um, however he also gets caught and all the old cars that he's been he's been stealing to order which was 50 cars um, are found out and then that leads into the bad guy sort of more bad sort of a bad guy influence where you actually see the bad guy uh, which is played deliciously by Christopher Eccleston um, which was gorgeous absolutely fabulous he steals every single scene he is in and it's amazing um, so he's threatening death unless the this car order is uh, is fulfilled so Nicholas Cage is brought out of retirement because he's moved completely utterly away. Yes, he he left. He was, as we discover in the film, the reason why he stopped was because his mother asked him to. So because she didn't want the younger brother to get caught up in the life in the life, but he gets caught up in the life anyway. So he gets caught up in the life anyway, and then his mother gives him permission to to help his brother out and do what's needed to be done, and then Nicholas Cage is going back to bring his crew together um and it's got sort of uh, it's, a, it's a really quite delicious angelina jolie play, is gorgeous in this absolutely fabulous very vampy um fantastic uh you've got vinnie jones in a non-speaking role which actually is, is probably best, yes. best acting role ever <laughs> yes I, <laughs> I, I think that is, is essential for vinnie jones in a film is to have a non-speaking role and he does it so well yeah and oh so we also got that that um oh gosh who was it uh he was a, it's a, a what's well we've got winner? robert duval as robert as, duval as, an oscar winner yeah it's otto harleywell and uh and you, you've got a whole range of comedian uh, sort of comedians comedic actors that sort of thing that are are in it and it's just absolutely gorgeous it's like a re- it feels very much along the same lines as as the sort of the italian job where you've got a, a, a whole wide gambit of, of fabulous characters they're all they're all 
been bought out of retirement. I mean, there's a little bit of romance between um, uh, Angelina Jolie's character and Nicolas Cage's character where they were together and then he left. She didn't want to go with him. Um, and she's still got a bit of a chip on her shoulder on that. And uh, they are just... So the, the chemistry between everyone is brilliant. The young ragamuffin brother and his little crew get involved. So we've got the, the new, old school and new school working together. And so they discover all these cars. And there's one car that is um, sort of the protagonist's sort of pet noir, which is named Eleanor. So it's yes. not Eleanor, but this one isn't a Mustang. It is a Mustang. Oh, it's a Mustang. It's a Shelby Mustang. It's a Shelby Mustang. Yes. So, yes. so the high-performance variant of the Mustang, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, and uh, obviously Wikipedia is the, 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 the sort of profitable knowledge. Um, so he, they still start seeing all these cars to order. You've got the, a cop that is sort of recognises him and is looking to send him down. And yeah. So the cops are played by Timothy Oliphant and Delroy uh, Lindo, who of course we know from uh, The Good Fight. Yes, and they are just, I mean, everything is so delicious. It is it, it. It's a bit of it's a nonsense film, but everyone is having so much fun. Looks like they're having so much fun doing it, and it's really well edited together because it's it's a. It's a is it a Jerry Brockhammer? Jerry, <laughs> Brockhammer. Jerry Bro- yes, just just for, just, just, just for our, our for our listeners' uh, <laughs> benefit. Jonathan has a lot of difficulty in saying the name uh, Brookheimer. Brookheimer, so it's it's Jerry Brockhammer. Bro- <laughs> or Brick Brickhammer. 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 <laughs> Yeah. So, but it is so. The soundtrack's br- brilliant. The uh, the the chase scenes are phenomenal. Obviously, there's a bit of CGI involved with some of these. Yeah, which is a uh, one perhaps one of the contrasts we can make between the original and the the the, the remake is that in the original, all of the stunts are genuine. So, for example, there is a, a there is a a scene when in the original when uh the protagonist uh basically does a car jump and i think it's like a 30 foot car and, jump and, and that so- is actually uh real most car jumps in most films aren't real they're either cgi'd or partly cgi'd or they use uh, sort of pneumatic devices and, and so on to allow the car to Mm. To, to, to take to, to the air. This was a, a car jump that was 100% genuine. genuine. And they, they they filmed it. From lots of angles. angles. And we saw every angle. And I think in oh, slow motion. Minutes, it was like five minutes for this jump. Still, I, I mean, I'm very, very proud of it. <laughs> I think they can be forgiven, their, their pride. So... Oh, there is another big. There's a big jump on the end of this one, which is obviously CGI. Obviously, which is, which is fab. Which is just ridiculous. It's it, a ridiculous it, jump. It, oh, the whole thing, the whole the whole film is peppered with little bits of nonsense. There's a rival gang that uh, is trying to to usurp this gang of of stealing the cars because they're upset because they didn't get the the order to steal the cars. Um, there is more nonsense with regards to the 
bad guy, lead, bad guy leader. He's got a thing about words. They call him the carpenter. They Obviously, the car- they carpenter. do because you can't be a gangster without having some kind of nickname. Yeah, apparently, so he, he he is the carpenter, and he oh gosh, is just. Chris Frecklesmith is brilliant in it. I mean, obviously, he he has his comeuppance, um, the sort of the the hijinks. I mean, there's lots of emotions involved here. There's emotional backstories with everything. The narrative is really, really edited together really well. Storytelling is excellent. Uh, the, the end of the sort of the comeuppance of the Christopher Eccleston character, the carpenter, uh, is the police officers chasing um, the Nicholas Cage character and uh, unfortunately sort of get, encounters the bad guy and the bad guy has a gun on, um, on the police officer and Nicholas Cage does the right thing and pushes him over, sort of like shoves him and he falls down over the railings and ends up in a coffin he's made which is quite nice and quite the thing and then the police officer sort of acknowledges it and says i understand why you've done this and i understand why you did this it's family which is a bit hokey but he lets him go and that's it and so uh, yeah. and there the film ends the, end the, the film? film ends with vinnie jones actually having, saying something saying something and really. all of us realizing why he had been non-speaking up to that <laughs> yeah. point but i think this is one of the first roles first hollywood roles he did and he did another one with swordfish with the john travolta uh, film which he was quite good in that so it's like standard mercenary type but I, don't, I think he only did two films out there and then there was he did a couple of brit films and that was it because he started off with lots of two smoking barrels didn't he as the angry person slamming the door the the the, the, the lid of a, a boot down on someone I, I don't know i've never seen it have you not seen oh you've not seen lotstock oh my god God, oh my God, podcast coming soon. Yeah, so anyway, so back to Gone in 60 Seconds. Um, it was, generally speaking, a box office failure. I can't believe that, because I went to the cinema twice to see it, and I've only seen two films at the cinema t- twice. And the first one was Goonies, and I saw them on consecutive weeks, and then it came off the cinemas. And I saw this twice as mm. well. So in its first four years uh, of release, it lost roughly $90 million. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, the critical consensus is that it's not a good film um, with a nonsensical plot line and uh, boring car chases. I like the car chases. Um, the, the film won the award in 2000 for the worst screenplay for a film that grossed over $100 million and also won the most intrusive musical score award. I love the music. <laughs> Angelina Jolie was uh, nominated for the worst on-screen hairstyle. Yeah, but lost. Her hairstyle's a bit obscure, but it makes yeah. her recognisable. But, but she didn't win. She lost to John Travolta for Battlefield Earth. Oh, well, that's not hot. Well, that was another bad weave until he shaved his hair off. Well, until he sort of just became bald. Yeah. But one of the one of the things the film has actually done, apparently, is has made um, uh, Mustangs more popular... And um, there's sort of restoration and modification of vintage cars. Oh, fabulous. So it's done good. I, wonder how, I bet it's done well on DVD. Well, I think it's, be, yeah, it's, become a, it's become a bit of a cult, cult classic. So who knows, perhaps in the 20 years it's elapsed since it was, it was made. Is it 20 it's, years? 
years? <gasps> it's 20 no, years. Really? Oh yes, does not make you feel old. It does make you feel very old. How old does that make you feel? Oh, God, especially when I saw it at the cinema. So, was but, that when they had ladies with ice cream <laughs> yeah, that came around? Yes. <laughs> And those horrible ice cream tubs with the blue, with the, the, the wooden spoon. With the horrible wooden you. spoon that that, that, kind of, <laughs> that, felt, that that felt horrible on your tongue. Yeah, Ugh, that yeah. was horrible. Bring on the plastic. It wasn't just me then. <laughs> bring, bring on the single-use plastic. Yeah, but overall, or Kiora in a in a plastic tub that you pierce the top with a fork, a fork, no, a, a straw. Oh really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. And it was slurping noises. Bottles as well with the, 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 the not the screw. To, it had like a one screw, and it, it you had to drink the whole lot then because it just because you couldn't seal it. seal it. You couldn't seal it. It's down it in one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, I I say it. It's a gone in sixty seconds. The remake much, much, much better than the yeah. original. Well, essentially, I think it's fair to say it's a different film, isn't it? It's it's. It's taken the DNA yeah. of, and the, story of the original and the, film. They've, they've given it a storyline. They've given it more hooray, of a storyline. Hooray line. for a storyline. Um, and they've given, they gave it characters. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was really yeah. good. Because there was that one bit in the original. If you've not seen it, this will mean nothing to you. But when he steals a car and then drives it immediately to the scrapyard and puts it into a crusher. And I still don't know what that was about. I don't know why he put it in the in, into the crusher. Um, it was probably, I mean, I'm sure there was a reason for it, but it was definitely unclear. And sometimes, you know, you sometimes just want someone to come along and give, <laughs> some clarity. And give you some ex- exposition and go, this is what's happening and this is why it's happening. Other, kind of none, I, none I, the wiser, I say really. In both of them, you had the, t- the atypical stereo, uh, racial stereotype, where in the first one, you've got a gang of Rasta, uh, Rasta black guys in this beat up old car. A smoking pot and everything, and then and talking jive, talking jive, jive talking. Uh, The the remake, you've got the stereotypical sort of uh, Asian sort of girl that can't drive, yeah, that bursts into tears when she's told she can't drive, and then there's uh, there's the the black ghetto gang, the ghetto smurf. uh, Well, they use the ghetto. The term ghetto smurf sort of applies to one of the. One of the the gang, the, the the good gang, against one of the is the type, but it was a black guy talking to another black guy, so you can get away with that. But then you had the whole black rival gang that were the sort of this like they've gone to central casting for the nearest stereotype. <laughs> so, yes. but um, so I mean, there's those similarities, but I mean the standard tropes that go through it. But I. Love, love, love the remake. Um, it is one of my. You loved favorites. it before we did this podcast, I loved it and you love it I'll even more now. Love it even more now. Uh, we have got, I say, the Gone in sixty seconds. Yeah. So if anyone's interested, they can uh, they can have the. Uh, uh, so we have a, a, a copy is of it the director's uh, cut. The, the director's cut of Gone in sixty seconds, the original classic, and also it's actually got. He actually did a second film as mm, well. Yes. Yeah, there's a sequel. Is, is there a sequel? To, is it is it a sequel? Well, I, it, it's. I think you would say it's it's a loose, a loose sequel. Is it, is it, is it's it, a loose sequel. They had some cars left, so they thought, oh, we'll just stitch this together. So, <laughs> but yeah, overall, yeah, the, the original. It's yeah, if you can, it, it's a good idea, poorly executed. 
um, but it was of its time and of its budget. So. Yes. But anyway, if anyone else, uh, if you have has an opinion, seen, if you have an opinion, opinion, please do share it. We're on all social media platforms at, at, at in Antique Dust. We are very wanting to all your comments, and uh, we will be happy to hear from you. So, if you've seen him gone in sixty seconds, and you think the original is better than the remake, please do let us know, and let us know what medication you're on, um, and if we're available to share. Anyway, in the meantime, it's farewell for me, Jonathan. Alright, it's goodbye from me, Rob. Goodbye. Bye. This has been an Antique Dust production.